freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 230 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is the Free Enterprise Project, and our guest today is Justin Danhoff. Justin is a general counsel for the National Center for Public Policy Research, as well as a director of the Center's Free Enterprise Project, which is the conservative movement's only full-service shareholder activism and educational program. Since 2015, Danhoff has participated in over 150 shareholder meetings to advance free market ideals in healthcare, free speech, religious freedom, media bias, gun rights, and other important public policy issues. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, this is exciting work and uh, sadly, I think rare work. I, I think we need to get more people even aware that it's happening and engaged in it. Um, so let's talk about that. Some people may not even understand when we just breeze by that phrase of you know, shareholder activism. What is it and how does it relate to the Second Amendment? Sure, so if you take a look at the, the cultural lanes in America, um, a lot of folks will pick up a newspaper and see Nike pulled a tribute shoe to Betsy Ross because Colin Kaepernick said so. Uh, Bank of America is debanking its own clients that they don't like for political reasons, such as the Department of Defense and certain gun manufacturers. What's going on? Well, behind the scenes, shareholder activism has a lot to do with corporate America marching to the liberal drum these days. So what happens is, Activist organizations buy up shares in corporations, not that they agree with normally, but that they generally disagree with because, right, the left believes in socialism. They don't believe in free market American capitalism, right? Mm -hmm. And so what they do is they then file shareholder resolutions. They show up at shareholder meetings in droves to try and be the tail that wags the dog of corporate action. Mm -hmm. And they are monumentally successful at this. If we just you know, put up a pie chart of the liberal corporate engagement con- compared with conservative corporate engagement, you wouldn't even see the conservative sliver on that pie chart, right? When it comes to just one tool of shareholder proposals, the left, the left files about four or 500 proposals a year. Okay, that's a lot of corporate engagement. Yes. I have the Free Enterprise Project working at full capacity. We can file about 20, oh, okay? Wow. And so we're not talking about some activist groups you've never heard of either, okay? We're talking about big unions such as the SEIU. We're talking about state pension funds in far left states like California and New York. Take CalPERS, for example, you know, the the, the California state retirement system run by far left individuals. They have over $300 billion in assets under management. When they get involved in a resolution, that means something. Okay, and so the the fact is they're showing up. The right, and I'm speaking broadly, but the right has this inclination. When we see, you know, Facebook taking down conservative posts, when we see, you know, Nike supporting, you know, the the bathroom nonsense in North Carolina that had grown men and young women um, using the same facilities. Well, let's just burn our Nikes, right? Let's throw them in the trash. The left takes the opposite approach every single time. They engage more. 
And that's why they're so successful. Disengagement doesn't work because what have you done? You've silenced yourself. Mm. If you're not a voice in the room, why would a corporation listen to you? So the, the right needs to dispel itself of this idea. Also, the conservative movement's history of boycotts is nothing but an epic failure, right? <laughs> let, let's, let's be honest, right? Let's, let's stick with Nike. When Nike got involved in that bathroom nonsense in North Carolina, conservatives on Facebook and Twitter said, we're done with Nike. We're done buying. Well, why do you think they pulled the, call, the, the Betsy Ross tribute shoe? Because when we said we were going to boycott last time, we didn't. And so they know they can offend our values with impunity. They're not afraid of the right. They are very afraid of the mob on the left. And that's why they bend to their will so often. So we need to have a voice in the room. And when it comes to the Second Amendment, same thing. You know, Brian Moynihan is the CEO of Bank of America. When he decided after the Parkland shooting a couple years ago that they were going to debank certain gun manufacturers, that didn't happen because of Parkland itself. That didn't happen because Moynihan got off on the wrong side of the bed on a random Wednesday. It happened because of a years-long campaign and shareholder activism was a big part of it. So you're saying that the sharehold, they, they buy shares in a company just so they can influence what they do? That's right. I mean, it, believe it or not, to file a shareholder resolution with a publicly traded company in the United States, you only need $2,000 worth of a share. To attend a shareholder meeting, to go confront a CEO on any given issue, you need to own one share. Mm. Just one. And you can be a voice in the room. And so, you know, we have gone after these companies that are, you know, debanking their own gun clients. Um, and well, let's, let's take a step back. Why are, you know, gun manufacturers, gun stores, why are they, you know, losing their ability to get insurance? Why are they being debanked? It's because this is a ploy of the left. When they can't win a debate, they try and silence the other side. Mm -hmm. And money does equal speech in this country. So they try and go after your speech and go after your money to silence the other side. And they're highly effective at it. Well, we have AZ Firearms uh, here in Avondale, Arizona, and we were actually chased out of Chase Bank, <laughs> you know, because of the guns. And, and B of A. And they pretty well told us too at Chase, they did tell us that the reasons why they closed our account is because of firearms. Well, it was during the, the Obama administration and they had that whole Operation Choke Point um, thing going on that most people didn't even know was happening. And so when we were talking about it publicly, people looked at us like we were bonkers and some kind of weird conspiracy theorists. And um, so I think that's so much part of it too, is the very nature of conservatives is that we are conservative right we don't we don't stand on rooftops and shout and scream and get all of our neighbors to join in and it's actually working against us exactly the way that you described well yeah and and the left knows it um and the companies know it right and so that's the that's the uphill battle we face but look folks it's not easy it, it's not difficult to do this i always say if the left has figured it out and we have a you know a derisive view of, of left wing, a left wing worldview. Why can't we do it? Right? Mm -hmm. if, if they can do it, um, we should be able to do it. And that's all I do at the Free Enterprise Project. I reverse engineer exactly what the left has done to influence mm -hmm. corporate America. Let me give you a great positive example. We talked about Bank of America and its CEO, Brian Moynihan's action, right, to, to debank some of their own clients. Well, that, it's, it so happens that about a month or so after Parkland, when he did that, was the Bank of America shareholder meeting. I'm a shareholder at Bank of America, so I went. And I was armed with some information. You see, Warren Buffett, the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, was on CNBC a few days before the Bank of America meeting. And they asked him exactly about all of these corporations that were taking actions to diminish the, the value of the Second Amendment and to go after the NRA specifically. And Warren, by the way, a lefty, said that such actions were, quote, ridiculous, that there's a place for politics and a place for business, and that he wasn't going to take, you know, his political stance and put it on the heads of all of his investors, shareholders, employees, etc. That, again, he thought such actions were ridiculous. 
So I was he being I, honest because I'm like sitting here raising an eyebrow, like probably winking when he says that. But if if he's honest, then that would be great. Yeah, and well, look, you know, that's not how he runs Berkshire Hathaway. Um, mm. it, you know, he's he's his his voice politically is powerful, right? Mm. But he keeps that to his own voice. He doesn't mm. speak on behalf of Berkshire, and so that's the difference. Is some of these so? Let me get back. I, I went to the Bank of America shareholder meeting with that information. So I had two questions for Brian Moynihan. I said, first of all, we're all investors in the room. Can you just tell us how much money we're going to lose for canceling our own gun clients? We'd like to just know the number. You've nice. clearly done the math. And second of all, who has it right? Warren Buffett or you? Mm. Well, take a guess. Who's the largest shareholder in Bank of America? It's Berkshire Hathaway. Okay. Which is owned by which, which is run by Warren Buffett. Warren and Buffett. so he gave me some grandstandy answer, didn't really, you know, very political answer that he was very proud of his, you know, his decision to, you know, to cancel gun manufacturers as clients. Well, three weeks later, guess what they did? They made a major loan to Remington, one of the clients they had supposedly canceled. Hmm. Now, is it because Justin Danhoff asked a question? Well, it may have been a spark because again, he didn't answer to me, but his board of directors were all in the room and yes. they go into a private session afterwards. And I'm going to go ahead and guess a few of them wondered the same exact questions that I had. Why are we offending our largest shareholder in Warren Buffett? Right. Right? right. And how much are we going to lose? And so just by showing up and setting that spark, Remington got the loan that they needed. So that's the power of showing up folks and the left knows it. And the more that conservatives can, you know, be awoken to this. So Justin, you know, when, you were, when you were at that meeting, do they know how many shares you have of the company or, you, or is everybody in the room equal? Oh, they could look it up if they wanted, I'm sure. But uh, you know, I mean, does your, does your voice matter, do you think? Every voice matters. And that's what the left knows. They don't, a lot of times they show up and they all own a single share, but they show up to, you know, protest on an issue. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, you know, right after President Trump's election, and he put together these economic advisory councils of CEOs, um, many of whom are far left CEOs. Well, I, you know, I put a clock on it at the office and said, there's no way this is going to stand. They, you know, so Disney's CEO, Bob Iger at the time, far left CEO, right? Far left CEO. Well, his shareholder meeting that, that, that was in March, right? So the, you know, the election, President Trump takes over in January and March, all it was was a protest against Iger's position on that board. And I said, look, they're all gonna find a reason to abandon ship. After what happened in Charlottesville, every CEO jumped ship and President Trump canceled. They were all just waiting for an opportunity because they were all being protested by their own employees too, by the way, for daring to be on an economic advisory council. Because why would we you know, want a good economy? Because liberals don't. It's the, yeah, it, it's just the whole, they're so blinded by who is sitting in the president's office. They're, they're not seeing the benefit of, of that kind of a, a coalition that I thought was wonderful. Um, and it is sad that it disbanded. But what I'm hearing you say is very similar to the way that we do or don't. And I, I think, again, conservatives sadly don't interact with our elected representatives we we might show up and check the box to get someone elected but then until the next election we're like mute and then we get upset when our elected officials are doing what the other side wants but we don't realize that the other side are their constituents too right they live in the same districts as we do and they are much more vocal than we are they are much more invested in in working that relationship. And I think that, that we really need to hear this, like put this interview on replay until you get energized inside your own skin to realize that there's no more, there never was, but now we're realizing there's no more sitting back and going, well, somebody should do something about this, <laughs> right? That somebody yeah. is in the mirror, it's, it's you. Well, that's right. And, it, it, you know, there's, a, there's this disappointment on the right, you know, all the time. It's like, well, how did this happen? Well, what did you do about it? Right? So that, that and that, that's, it's intentional. 
um, what the left's engagement is about. Um, and when it comes to, you know, the, the corporate culture, Elaine, what they're doing is they know this one simple truth. And I, I want every, everyone to think about this. You don't always need to change a law to change the culture. If, so you know, they hate, That's the, true. if they hate the second amendment, but they know they can't repeal the second amendment as much as they might want to, they can make it hard for your business to do business, right? They can take away your ability to get insured, to get, to get loans. Um, and that's, that's exactly what they're doing. When, you know, Andrew Ross Sorkin, the talking head on CNBC, who often writes for the New York Times, well, he has a, had a years long pressure campaign with Walmart. And he takes personal, um, basically responsibility and pride when Walmart CEO Doug McMillan announced that they were going to limit the sale of ammunition and guns um, last year, right? And he went further. He, you know, he, he doesn't hide. And that, that's the thing. The left does this in public. He didn't hide from the fact that he had been, and he had been working with Citigroup to do the same thing. And Citigroup, of course, debanked many of their gun clients. He's very open about his activism with corporate America. So he wrote an op-ed basically imploring Doug McMillan to take that action at Walmart, but to go further, right? Because, you know, what is Walmart's power? Their power is also in their purchasing power, their supply chain, to make sure that all throughout their supply chain, other smaller companies were also getting as woke as Walmart was going to be. They have a big relationship with Apple through Apple Pay, right? Part of the op-ed was pressuring Apple to make sure that Apple Pay can no longer be used for any ammunition, guns, or anything pro-Second Amendment. Which are legal transactions. That is just, just burns me up. That <laughs> it's they can, blood starting to boil over yeah, here. It is. Um, I mean, we, we, with our business, I have a really hard time getting insurance. I think there's only two companies that will insure me. And uh, credit card processing, I have to switch from company to company because they keep dropping out. And it's like, it is very frustrating. I just want to run a business. We are the most regulated, watched over business, I think that there is. And we oh, are, absolutely. you know, and we're constantly be acting like we're, we should shame ourselves or whatever. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And, you know, I, I maybe a sliver of sunshine here. We might have a unique and wonderful opportunity in front of us. Since this COVID craziness started, and we're sitting in the, uh, the studio on Monday, July 20th of 2020, and COVID is still very much a part of our lives, um, but through the COVID craziness and then the civil unrest and the riots and the, all the stuff, we have seen across this nation millions upon millions of brand new first time gun owners, and they are of... Uh, all across the political spectrum, right? Yep. So if people were to think in terms of what we're talking about, it kind of takes it out of that left, right, conservative, liberal. And if somebody understood that if, if you aren't showing up at your shareholder meetings and, and telling the Walmarts, telling the Dick Sporting Goods, telling the Banks of America that this matters to you, right? Your ability to keep and bear arms and have the actual ammunition to go in them. If you're not doing that, then your neighbor, it probably is, and is taking away, actively working to take away your ability to protect your family, which many people have just, like you said, awoken to the idea that they are their own immediate responder. So we might actually have an amazing opportunity to capitalize on people all across the spectrum if they could truly understand what's at play here. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, there's a, there's a few thoughts on it. First of all, think about, yeah, the explosion of gun ownership that we've seen during COVID. Um, how much money have the banks lost? Even more so, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, these banks, it was so foolish. So yeah, Reach out to investor relations at all of these companies. When you see a company take a bad action, again, don't throw your Nikes in the trash. Call customer service. Call investor relations. Email the board of directors and say, hey, wait a minute. What about my opinion? 
what about my beliefs? You know, my voice matters too. You know, whether you're, whether you're just a customer or a shareholder, because look, all of these companies have now signaled that, you know, instead of just focusing on shareholders, they care about this so-called amorphous stakeholder. Well, that's anybody, right? You, you know, you can now have a relationship with any corporation in America because they've signaled they care about stakeholders. Well, I guess what? Second Amendment supporters should be their own set of stakeholders then, right? There we go. And I want far left folks to be able to defend their families as much as folks that agree with me ideologically. And they, sh they should have that right protected. And to the extent that corporations are doing all they can to diminish that, right, they need to hear from you. Again, from left, right, independent, Marxist these days, anybody, right? So that's, that, I just encourage you to reach out to corporations when you see them offend your values, whether it's in the Second Amendment lane, whether they're trying to stifle free speech in the First Amendment lane, or whether they're taking away your health care. Like, yeah. whatever it is, whatever your issue is, don't be silent. Let them hear from you. Sending out a tweet isn't going to get it done. Well, Justin, you just gave me a, a light too because I'm going to invest in, I'm going to buy some shares of our bank that I'm banking with right now. And they are a local bank. And so we would be able to go to the shareholder meetings, mm -hmm. shareholder meetings. So I'm, I'm really excited. This is cool. It and is we also cool. have stock in Disney too. We do. And we've never really, you know, we just love going to Disneyland with our family and, and creating family memories. But I, I myself wasn't thinking about that gives me a special leverage, a special superpower that, uh, a voice. you know, a voice uh, as a shareholder that I have not used at all. Let me give you a great short Disney example. You're going to love this. Okay. So a few years ago, on her television show, The View, you may recall Joy Behar called our vice president, Mike Pence, mentally ill. I don't know if you remember that story. Why is he mentally ill? Because he, quote unquote, talks to God. And Joy said, that's crazy. Well, of course, all Christians talk to God in prayer, don't we? Yeah. And so I went to the Disney meeting, which was about a month after that episode. And I asked Bob Iger, the most powerful man in Hollywood, CEO of Disney, I said, why is it okay for one of your highest paid stars on ABC to offend Christians worldwide? He mm. said, Justin, I need to stop you right there. I was actually offended by what Joy said, and we had Joy call the vice president and apologize. I said, that's great, Mr. Iger, but her sin was public on television. Her mm -hmm. apology needs to be public. Pence mm -hmm. confirmed that this happened, and Pence also said she needed to apologize publicly. Four days after the shareholder meeting, she opened the view with an apology to Christians everywhere that she had offended. Wow. Again, folks, it's the power of showing up. Well, and I, in our business, you know, we, uh, we do a lot of leadership training and that sort of thing. Uh, and one of the keys to leadership is leading through questions rather than telling people what you want them to do or telling them, you know, imposing yourself. We ask them questions, which puts them in the, the we role. It, it's a together thing. And twice now I've heard you say that you have moved the conversation forward in two different boardrooms with what? With questions. That's right. right? Not with breaking windows and burning things down. Or demanding. And, you know, you do something. Or demanding. Yeah, yeah. The moms who demand whatever. I don't know what their thing is. But, um, but by asking questions, how powerful that is. And I think that might, to the listeners out there that are like, well, I like the idea of this, but I don't even, I don't know how to start. I don't know what to say. You've given us two very non-threatening non-confrontational opportunities, you know, examples of how we can get ourselves in that conversation. So, you know, encourage us more, like how, what's the nuts and bolts of this? How do we do this? Well, can I ask him real quick? Yeah. So Justin, so when you go to the shareholder meetings, uh, does everybody get to speak if they want to speak? Um, it depends on the meeting. They're, they're actually, they vary widely uh, in attendance, um, but they all have question and answer sessions. Some of them just limit it to a few. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's about, you know, wiggling your way up to the microphone the best you okay. can. Okay, okay. But yeah, getting, in, getting involved, right? It, it, it's, it's not hard. Again, one share gets you into a shareholder meeting. Uh, come to, you know, reach out to me. We're, you know, at nationalcenter.org. I'm happy to run anybody through you know, the, the issues, the, the how-to. Uh, but again, 
this is, this is just about reaching out to investor relations online. This is about reaching out to customer service online these days. This is very simple. Emailing the board, um, emailing the general counsel, which is the conduit to the board of directors, making a phone call to the corporate headquarters and just say, hey, who can I talk to about your public policy position X, Y, or Z? Whatever, you know, your cultural lane is that you're, you're interested in. And that, that they need to just hear from folks um, because you can take your disappointment and have an action item attached to it instead of just wallowing in your pillow at night about how you're disappointed with corporate America's actions in the same way you might be disappointed with your local politician. If they don't know you're disappointed, why would they care? You know, why, we, would they, why would they do anything different if they don't know that you're upset with their action? I've had, I've had several shares in different kind of companies and all I've ever known is that they send you a flyer with some questionnaires on it and you vote. I had no idea. And one of the companies I had quite a bit of shares in, they bought me out and I tried to understand why did they pay way more, way over what my value was? Maybe this is why they don't want certain voices. I don't know. But anyway, it's exciting to me. It is exciting. And I wanted to ask your opinion of, you know, you're saying the boycotts don't work because most often boycotts don't work because I'm like, I'm already not their customer. So I get mad at them and I'm like, I am never going to still not buy your product. I mean, it's a non-starter. It's a non-issue. Um, but how do you feel about the, what they're calling a boycott with this Goya, uh, Goya Foods? Um, if you're even aware of it, yeah, yeah. go ahead. I bought a bunch. Um, so yeah, the, the boycott is, is interesting and intriguing, but in our news cycles, it's the same as a boycott. It's, it, it, conservatives are going to turn the page after about a week or so. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a, it's a cool like little one-off that a lot of folks are doing right now, but I don't, I don't see it sustaining because our history of this again is nothing but an epic epic failure. Um, I, I, I do think it's, it's a cool reaction um, to the, the left's attempt to take them down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not going to be sustaining. It's, you know, when Target did their silly bathroom announcement, right, where they opened up all of their bathrooms and changing rooms to whoever subjectively said they were a woman or whatever on that day, there was a pretty sustained boycott for the movement. Um, and by that, I mean, it lasted over one month. And that was, but then, you know, it was back to school shopping season and Timmy needs new shoes and a new backpack and a new binder. Right. And that's, yeah. that. so yeah, it, it, it's, it's a cool one-off, but they're never, they're never lasting. So Especially don't recommend if, them. <laughs> if it's a needed product, I mean, yeah, you can say, I'm not going to buy it for a while, but then you end up buying it. You know, I, I don't believe in the boycotts. I don't think they work. Well, and think about, disengaging from every corporation that offends your values if you're a traditional conservative you probably couldn't fly on any single airline so you'd never right. travel anywhere uh, you mm -hmm. couldn't rent a car once you got to wherever you wanted to not travel uh, you couldn't shop at most stores you'd certainly have to throw away almost all of your electronics and disengage from all social media so you'd live a pretty spartan lifestyle at that point Right. It's like you're putting yourself in jail. I mean, our family takes a little bit of ribbing because we love going to Disneyland so much. And uh, there's a certain coffee company that, that we enjoy going through their drive through Okay, it's Starbucks. I told on myself, okay, we have bought Starbucks in the past. And we know that they are using our hard-earned money that we spend with them to actively work against our ability to make more hard-earned money in the business we're in with, with the gun shop. Uh, AZ firearms. Um, and so there's, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, conundrum there for ourselves. But if we realized that, well, we can protect our ability to go to those places. If we are engaging in the ways that you're saying, making those phone calls to customer service, just like the left is showing up at shareholder meetings, just like the left is now use your voice. It, it takes some energy. It takes scheduling it into your, your weekly uh, to-do list. But if we could start seeing that needle move by just asking questions, by just showing up, what an amazing future we could ensure for our children and our children's children. 
you know, yeah, and it doesn't even have to be at the shareholder level, right? The Starbucks example is a great one. When they take an action that offends you, go talk to the manager of your local store, right? If the managers start hearing from everyone, it, it, it escalates up. They can say that the next time the Starbucks corporate takes a ridiculous action, they might hear from 150 managers across the country saying, you know what I have to deal with every time you guys do this? Like, can, can we maybe just stay out of this culture war and just sell some coffee? That'd be nice. That'd be a great idea, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> what were you going to say? I, I just remember my dad used to be really active in uh, Second Amendment rights back in the 70s. And I remember him, uh, they were going to boycott a company. And when they realized that there was like 80 or 90 sub companies. So the, by the time they got done, they, they couldn't buy razor blades. They couldn't, you know, there's a lot of things. They just, couldn't buy deodorant because like Justin was saying. companies own everything like yeah. Procter and Gamble. They're How diversified because right. what are you supposed to do when you're investing and growing businesses is be right. diversified. But you what know? do you think would happen if, if Apple said, hey, we're going to be anti-gun and they maybe, I don't know, we're going to be anti-gun and we said, we're going to boycott you. What do you, they, they just knock it off your shoulder. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, they're so powerful. They could, they could care less right. is, is what I'm thinking. So like, like Justin was saying, if you're, if you're in a room, if you're in the boardroom and you ask the question where all the board members hear it at the same time, right? And then you were smart to reference Warren Buffett. Holy cow, that's a big name. That's awesome. Maybe I'm not a big name, but I referenced a big name who's agreeing with me. Now that behind the scenes uh, conversation, it it had to have taken a different turn because people are actively questioning because it is hard in those board meetings. I've uh, served on several boards. It is hard in the board meetings to be the dissenting voice, just like it is in your carpool, just like it is on your Facebook feed, just like it is in, in the rest of life. It is hard to be the one voice that says, I, I don't think I agree with this, but when the way that you did where you had several people all their brains kind of wired in the same on the same question it made it easier for for that conversation to happen behind the the, the closed doors so i so applaud that thank you yeah absolutely and if you think about you know a corporate ceo of you know a fortune 500 company these days they're surrounded normally by yes men right and so that's why the power of questions is so important and why it has so much impact because they don't face critical questions very often, right? So they're right. not actually very used to being quick on their feet. And so that, that adds to the impact of the questions. They just agree with the boss, right? Everybody just agrees with whatever he says. Right. And, and with the, the person sitting next to him, because so often, I mean, conservatives, again, going back to kind of like how we're built and how we're wired, we are sort of like the rules followers. And so, you know, when somebody says, well, shoot, somebody's got to go to the bathroom. Who cares where, where they go? You know, that kind of thing. And then the conservatives are like, well, there's this thing called human trafficking. And do you know that there's a lot of like assaults that happen in public restrooms? And like, so then we come in and we start sounding like, you know, either the downer or like, you know, we're not, we're not about, you know, people and we're not about kind heartedness and all that kind of thing. It's like, we are kind hearted and we are about people. We're just about it in a different lane. And so it is it is harder to be that voice that says, mm, that might feel good, but let's get back up into our brains and see, let's follow the path where this road leads, uh, all this feel good stuff, right? Yeah, um, so. I would encourage anybody, you know, who's an employee of a large company, right? What, what we see is, you know, self-silencing, self right? Self-censoring. It's the same as on college campuses, right? When you're a conservative student, and you know you're beholden to your teacher for your grades, you yes. kind of keep your opinion to yourself quite a bit. And that's exactly what we're seeing in corporate America too. So we need to embolden employees who share traditional conservative values. Hey, don't let your woke coworkers be the only one going to management. If they're not hearing from their employee base, and I can tell you the hundreds of meetings I've had with, over the years with corporate executives, I hear this refrain so often when I ask why they are anti-Second Amendment why they oppose religious freedom, which so many companies do here in the United States. 
they all say, well, that's what our employees want, right? Because they're not hearing from the full spectrum of their employee base. There's gotta be thousands of conservatives that work at Starbucks. Maybe not thousands at Nike, but probably a few hundred, mm-hmm. right? But they don't speak up. And yeah. so we've got well, to, Jim- we have to lift them up and give them the courage to steal their spines. Um, they can't cancel all of us. Right. That's but right. They, Justin, they want everybody to be team members, be part of the team. And so a lot of people are afraid to say anything because, you know, now they're going to get a black mark. They're not part of the right. team. It's like you said about your so, teacher in college. But you high have, school <clears throat> there's ways to do it. There's ways. Take them shooting. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, there's just things, true. There is Show things them the fun do. side of it. Um, so what I'm hearing you saying is that you don't have to travel a lot. I mean, maybe you do as Justin Danhoff with the Free Enterprise Project. You travel a lot to get to these board meetings. Um, uh, and pre- that pre-COVID. Necessary? Yeah, pre-COVID, yes. <laughs> yeah, pre-COVID, yeah. That's a whole different world. <laughs> I miss traveling. <laughs> yes. If you travel, will you write about it and describe it to me so I can live vicariously through you? Um, so, uh, so getting back to, again, the nuts and bolts of getting involved and how people can not only get involved for, this, for themselves, but how they can support you and your group getting involved. Let's walk through that real quick, and then we'll start kind of wrapping up a little bit. Sure. So, again, come Track us down on nationalcenter.org, on Twitter at National Center. Um, I'm on Twitter at Danhoff Justin. And, you know, first of all, reach out. Because one thing, one thing that we have, we're a very Spartan organization. We're, you know, small nonprofit in D.C. Um, I can't keep track of all the bad corporate actors because there's so many. So if, you know, in your cultural lane, it may be, I'm not, I may not even be familiar with all the banks that you guys have problems with, all the processors reach out to us and let us know who are the bad corporate actors in your cultural lane so we can start, you know, putting a pressure and applying it. But then we can teach you how to put pressure on as well. Again, I highly recommend engaging both customer service and investor relations because, look, we're not going to stop bad corporate action tomorrow. But if those folks just get barraged with phone calls and emails, from activists that believe in the Second Amendment, the next time a, an incident happens where we have a cultural flare-up and the company takes a bad action or is about to, if they hear from those employees, like, wait a minute, don't you remember I got 900,000 phone calls? <laughs> we got like 800,000 emails last time we did this. Why would we put ourselves in that position again? We need yeah. to give these employees a reason to speak up to management. And that reason has got to be that they're hearing from us. So you got track us down on nationalcenter.org, track us down on social media. Um, We'll help you engage with bad corporate actors and educate us about bad corporate actors that you're aware of. You know, in our business, we've, we've had a few of those phone calls of people that are upset for one reason or another. And you think about them, not just during that phone call, but you think about it for months. Well, especially if it's a novel, you know, it's something different that you hadn't heard before. Right. It seems to stick a little bit deeper. And so uh, I think that the ground is very rich for the work that, that you're doing, Justin, and that um, I'm hoping that this interview is going to encourage people all across the nation to do. Because if you think about how many members the NRA has, how many members the Second Amendment Foundation has? How many members here in Arizona the AZCDL has? And in Connecticut, the CCDL. If all of these people were to just one day a month, right? One day a quarter, <laughs> right? Were to engage in this activity from home. And every time they visit a place, uh, walk us through that. So, suppose I'm in Starbucks the next time and I'm getting my coffee and and I don't want to be like, you know, there's this thing right now where it's the Karen, right? Wanting to speak to the manager, right? And I don't want to be a Karen, but I want to, I want to say something. Wow. Yeah, ask Can a question. Give me some dialogue. So Starbucks was big against President Trump's order on immigration and travel, right? The, mm-hmm. the so-called Muslim ban that was just that fake news. Um, take that as an example. Go into your local Starbucks and say, hey, you know about all the human trafficking that goes on? Why, you know, 
nations don't how do you feel about our borders? Do you think we should have secure borders? Um, ask that question to the manager. Say, well, you know your company stands against that. Have you talked to anybody in upper level management about your feelings? And just ask those questions. As you said, the questions are the powerful one. Don't, don't go in and dictate, oh, you stink because you, know, you guys oppose the president and you know, I love Trump. Like That's not gonna get you anywhere. No. So you just got to ask them, you know, what are your feelings on the subject? Because your voice isn't being heard inside your own corporation. And I think those kinds of questions can be very powerful. The only thing, Justin, it works on their side. On their side, it works to say what they say and just scream stupid nonsense. Yeah, but that's not us. But, right, right. And I agree, <laughs> I agree with you. I'm just saying, how do they get away with it? They've been screaming louder for longer. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you take your, your child or your grandchild into the grocery store and, you know, their volume level rises with insistence the closer you get to the checkout counter where all the candy is. Right. You know, you're probably going to eventually go, okay, fine, just give me the Butterfinger, okay? You know. Well, one of the things I wanted to point out, you know, you were mentioning all the ADCL and the NRA groups. You know, a lot of those people think that, Oh, the credit card company not taking your credit card doesn't affect me. Mm. But it does. It affects you in a lot of ways. One is we have to raise our prices because we're getting charged more because we have to go to a non, you know, an, an, a, 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 good, a good company, I guess you'd yeah. have to say. Yeah. So we have to be careful of that. So it does affect you. It does. And the other thing I wanted to say about all the people who are members of these groups, too many of us, because I'm a member of all of those three groups, too many of us think, well, I paid my dues. Now they're supposed to do it. Go, do your thing, right? Well, being a part of these group is part of doing your part. You still have to do your part. You still have to vote. You still have to contact your, your elected representatives and let them know how you feel about things. And in a very similar way, from what I'm hearing Justin say, we need to contact the companies that we want to do business with. You know, if we want a business to succeed and we want to go to Disneyland, then we need to say something to Disney about how we feel so that we can be represented and not feel guilty every time we go and spend money there. Amen. All right. So tell folks real quick, one more time, how do they follow you personally follow uh, the Free Enterprise Project, follow um, the National Center for Public Policy Research, all those things so that they can stay encouraged and stay involved and help you in what you're doing. Sure. First of all, come to our website, nationalcenter.org. Um, you know, email me, call me. Uh, I'd love to engage on Twitter at Dan Hoff Justin. The National Center is at National Center. Um, Feel free, you know, contact us through social, contact us through email, phone calls. Uh, happy, to, happy to engage with folks. It's, a really, it's really fun what I do, and I love to spread the joy. <laughs> you know, we can have a lot of impact. Uh, we just have to let our voices, you know, raise up on these issues a lot more often. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for taking all this time with us. And uh, I want to check back in every once in a while and see what is going on, who we should be kind of talking to, who should we be niggling next, and, uh, and how things are going with uh, the Free Enterprise Project. Thanks so much. God bless. Thank, Thank you. you God bless Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye now. Wow. I will, that woke me up. Yeah. It's... I had no idea that we could use that as a tool. I, we've, we're, you know, we have a little bit of stock and stuff. Not a lot, but a little. And some of those are influencing. We need, we need to be in there to influence. It's so true. And as engaged and involved as I think I am, I keep finding out. You're not. Man, I am asleep at the wheel. And if I'm as busy as I am and I'm asleep at the wheel. Mm, you know, we should have probably just, had more kids. Uh, so <laughs> that would have, you know, put them to work, right? That's true. That's true. Um, but honestly, I hope that whether you're watching us on YouTube or Gunstreamer or Opslands or whether you're listening through our website, gunfreedomradio.com, I hope that you're feeling 
something inside. I hope you're feeling energized. I hope you're feeling challenged in a good way to try something different, try something new. I mean, how many of us are sitting at home, either working from home or sitting at home because our industry is on the, in the cooler, in the freezer, on ice, waiting for COVID to, to settle down. This is a perfect opportunity sure. to learn a new skill. I'm going to call it a skill, right? right? Reaching out to our elected officials, reaching out to uh, companies. When you do interact with companies, find those moments to ask those questions. Like Justin said, you know, hey, we're manager lady or just person at the counter. Were you aware? Manager that? lady. Hi, manager lady. How are you? You know, manager man. Yeah. A lot of whoever. people, a lot of people working from home right now, like you said, and maybe they could take a little bit of time to do something. Just a little bit of that time. And if you do, I'm already high-fiving you and I want to hear about it. Tell us on our Gun Freedom Radio Facebook page, right? Send me a message, send, send us a message through the page, something. Let us know how it was. Are you talking about the- How did it work for you? Because that'll encourage the next person who's reading the thread to go, well, that, that seems okay. I sure. could try that, you know? Yeah. What? No, I just think, is that the same website that shows all, every guest that we've ever had on our show? Yes. Gunfreedomradio.com. You click the On Demand tab and you can, what, Dan? Binge listen to your heart's content. You do that better than I do. Do I? No, I don't <laughs> think so. All of the episodes that we have posted there, you can also click the guest tab and click on the guest tab. <laughs> and there is a guest page with a bio and links and photographs and all kinds of great information about every single guest that we have ever had on. Wait a minute. Gun Wait a Freedom minute. Radio. I'm confused. So we've had 230 episodes, so there'll be 230 episodes that people could binge listen, mm -hmm. but that would mean that there's probably six or 700 guests. Did the website that big? I mean, is the web that big to be able to handle that? Well, we're going to try to break it, but why do you think 230 gives us well, 700 because, guests? Oh, wait. Well, because on some of our episodes, we have multiple guests yes, we have true. three guests four guests i'm gonna have to go and do the math on that because i mean we've had the same person on multiple times so well right now I we're just there's... having we just have one guest per episode but for a long time we had three and four guests per episode oh remember yes were you there i was there that feels like a million years ago yeah. no you're right right well let's say there's at least let's... 600 okay there's at least 600 that you can look up. I don't know. That seems too high enough. You can go to the start, which was who? Ken, Ken Blanchard. Blanchard. Doctor, no, Reverend Ken Blanchard, black man with a gun. To the last this book one. book is behind me somewhere. I'm looking yeah. in my To the last one, here. Justin Danhoff. We've had mm -hmm. from there to there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and we met Justin because of Diana Muller, because there's this amazing networking that goes on in the Second Amendment community. Diana Muller is the founder of the DC Project, which I am a uh, the Arizona delegate of the DC Project. I'm the, the official luggage leader. carrier for that. Group. Dan's the official luggage carrier, um, and uh, and co-host extraordinaire. And remember, as an official uh, luggage carrier for the DC Project, I am pro gun, pro Second Amendment. <laughs> And I don't drink certain kinds of coffees that have anything to do with a buck in it. You don't drink coffee, period. So oh, that's you right. don't even get to. I'm act boycotting like all the coffee shops. I'm not on your I'm laurels over not, there. Even, well, I, I drink that black coffee. What's it called? Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. I drink their coffee. That's so good. Mm, yummy, yum, yum. Danny mm. hates. Don't believe a word he said. He I, hates. If coffee. I drank coffee, that's what it. I would drink. But it saves more for me because I need all the coffee. Oh but God. he does drink tea, and he has drank tea from Starbucks. I Time just to told think on I'm you. Yes. I just told on you. He yeah. has done that. I, okay. I wait a minute. I personally do not take money out of my wallet 
and buy anything from Starbucks, period. Now, my daughter will take money out of my wallet and my wife will take money out of my wallet. She has her own wallet, but she'll take it out of mine too. Oh, why would I take it out of mine when I can take it out of yours? I mean, let's Yeah, get she's serious. not going to buy any anti-Second anti Amendment coffee. <laughs> She'll have me buy it. All right. We have got to roll on out of here. Uh, thank you to our amazing listeners. Y'all are, I mean, you inspire me because you take the message forward. You talk about it in your spheres of influence. I don't listen to you. Do you inspire me? What's that? I don't listen to you. Do you inspire me? If you don't Are listen, you then I by probably me? can't. I, I don't want to unravel that pretzel. I don't know what you're even saying. Because you, you don't <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I do. You said you were inspired by the listeners, listening or whatever. Yes. What did you, okay. Well, I don't listen to you. So you can't be inspired by me. Right but I listen to you. So I'm inspired by you. I okay. Hey, that's, that's too much. Yeah, that's too much. All right. So again, thank you to our awesome listeners. Thank you to our amazing guest, yes. uh, Justin Van Hoff and the important work he is doing. Please support his work. Please start doing similar work for yourself. Uh, that's, that's my favorite price. That's free to do that. Right. Free do, 50 free. Just do it. So, um, and until next time, Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders and our representatives. All of them. All of them, Dan. Even the ones you don't like. I haven't been hearing much about some of those representatives I don't like. You just haven't had the news on. <laughs> oh, that's probably why. <laughs> Especially the ones you don't like. Have a great week. Be good to each other. And God bless. Bye-bye.